the needle in the mouse. Hello. We're back. How's it going? Thanks, Alfred. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the bark. It's quite chatty today. Uh, it's going well. This is our first show on the new audio setup, which is not really that new, but it sounded quite clear. Well, it's the same microphones, but it's a new laptop and. Previously, we had taped every episode of this show using my 2010 MacBook Air. Incredible. Which worked. Incredible stuff. Which actually worked every time until last time when I kept getting errors in GarageBand. It just would, um, stuff stopped working, which, you know, I don't know what operating system that thing's running still, but. Should I buy this scarf or is it too trendy? For what? You know, I like to wear scarves. Oh, just to wear? Yeah. Um, I like it. It's my colors. Yeah. Go for it. Think about it. Yeah. Anyway, we are now using a 2019 MacBook Pro, which is probably 10, 20 times faster than the old machine. Maybe wow. Not. At least five, probably 10. Incredible. Um, I'm sure it makes a huge difference. Well, hopefully it won't del- like uh, start deleting our shit in the middle of the show like it did last week. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah. So the problem is that I had to set up this wacky microphone setup on a new computer for the first time in six years, something like that, five years. And, uh, it took 51 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, hope this works. And, you know, knowing me, which some of you do by now, uh, last week, I was eyeing a uh, like $800 podcast mixer setup, which we definitely don't oh, need. I didn't know about that. I love that that's that you're looking at that, and yet we need we have like a pile of booze and LaCroix sitting in our house, just sitting out. And I was like, oh, we should get a cabinet for our alcohol and for our booze. And you're like, we can't afford that. We'll figure it out. Don't so, worry. We're not buying any mixing boards until we yeah, have podcast I'm revenue. I'm aware. Um, <laughs> which we don't have right now. At any rate, it's the needle in the mouse. Dan Fromer with Lauren Sherman here at our kitchen table. I wouldn't advertise with us if I were I were someone. We are not reliable. Um, what if they just don't have a choice? What if their ads just appear? <laughs> I don't. I don't understand what you're saying, but like okay. if we just make an ad, well, they would then they wouldn't pay us. Yeah, that's not an ad. That's there might be some sort of affiliate. Free. There might be some sort of affiliate programs out there. Yeah, let's see. Let's see how long this keeps going. I think it really depends on how stuck at home we are for the next year. If we're stuck at home for the next year, we could do this every other weekend, or even every weekend. I tried last weekend, or daily. <laughs> Uh, today I've been ch- cooking uh, chicken soup from scratch. It's gonna be great. We're gonna have it tonight. I'm very excited. It's uh, it's Sunday, April nineteenth. It is. And um, we're gonna talk about some stuff. Yeah, let's let's check off some of these items on our list since we don't have much time. Uh, yes, we have to leave and pick up a giant jug of olive oil in about. 37 minutes. So, so you want to talk about the fun stuff first or the kind of unfun stuff? Let's start fun. So I want to hear about your aura ring. 
Whoa. <laughs> Are you embarrassed to admit that you have one? Not at all. I mean, you didn't buy it yet. You're just doing it's a, it's review a review unit. unit. Uh, definitely premature for me to give any sort of review, but I can talk about it. Um, it's a, called an Aura Ring. It is a smart ring. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Why? Just think about for all those years, those rings. I'm trying to remember that brand, that company, that startup that was based in New York. And she did, she was really smart, had these rings. Mm -hmm. What were they called? I interviewed her a ton. But the whole time I was just like, this is never going to happen. They were more geared. I don't. I do think they were geared towards women. Where the aura ring, it seems like everyone I know who has one is a dude. Yeah. Um. But uh, just keep going. So there, it's a smart ring. Yeah, and which is a dumb term, but basically it has um, heart rate sensors in it, and temperature sensor, and some other sensors. Um, the main idea is that it's supposed to be a sleep tracker and supposed to help you sleep better uh, through tracking your resting heart rate while you're sleeping and also um, your you know sleep motion and it makes all these charts of your... But you're also supposed to wear it all day so it tracks your activity during the day and also your heart rate as well. Uh, it's, it, I imagine it um, is in a much higher power mode while you're sleeping because that's when it's doing most of its work but it's also hooked into your apple health kit so i also wear an apple watch so it knows all of my running um data and all my daily motion and activity data so it's um but the big idea is that it's supposed to analyze your sleep and you can tag certain days of your sleeping so if you've had late sugar or I think, or like a late meal or late work or late exercise or whatever alcohol that day. Um, it's the idea is that it will help you analyze like what activities or what behavior you did and then how that corresponded to your sleep that night. So, you know, theoretically, if you are getting bad night's sleep every time you drink too much or eat late or do late work or use a screen late at nighttime, um, you know, the, the theory is that you will shift your behavior and stop doing that stuff. Uh, but we'll see. I, I've only had it on for a couple of weeks. Um, it's, you know, it's not like it's, I don't know. There's some data like it's telling you, it shows you when you having light sleep versus deep sleep versus REM sleep. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how accurate that is. Um, I can kind of, when I wake up, feel whether I got a good sleep or not. And then kind of see that in the data. Yeah. Um, but like last Sunday night, I got the best sleep of every night so far in the data. But Monday I, felt like shit all day so and it's not like i you know we didn't we didn't drink last sunday night we didn't do anything really and so it's one of these things where it's it's interesting because you're kind of structuring you're like measuring and structuring data that previously was not being measured 
you know, your obviously your body knows how much sleep you got or not, but you don't, and or your brain doesn't. And so, well, I guess your brain does, but your. I think anyway. it's it's all about this tracking, right? The tracking your life, self optimization, all the stuff that we've been talking about for many years, and in this time of self-isolation people who are not sick are like even more focused on it i think well and then for me like i'm not going anywhere so i don't mind wearing this ring all day because there's no one to see me wearing a silly ring on my other hand i mean i'd say my feedback would be that the ring is not something that i would want to wear no and to be frank like it's not comfortable it is much bigger and i haven't done like a you know, I haven't done a volumetric displacement test versus my wedding ring. My guess is that it's probably two or three times the volume and mass of my wedding ring. Like, it's not heavy. I don't feel it because it's heavy or anything, but it's thick. And, like, when I'm washing my hands, I always feel it. And, you know, when I put my... Even when I make my my hand into a fist, like... It's there. There, I probably could have gotten one size smaller. They recommend to actually size up, um, just so that you have a little more flexibility on which fingers you can wear it on. This is a review unit, which I'm going to send back and write a review. But were if I were to buy one on my own, which like at this point I might, I might not, I'm not sure yet. I would actually probably get one size smaller, and then I would only be able to wear it on this one finger. But it would. I think it would feel a lot better. So it's not, it's not atrocious. It's just a big, thick silver or metal ring. I just yeah. think. Well, it's plastic, actually. Plastic, whatever. It looks. Uh, I think, like, if you think Thanks, about the app, you think about the Apple Watch. It's too much. You gotta grab them. Hey, Ralphie. That's that's good. Thank it's you. Too much. Ralphie, we can't. We can only have a couple barks. Then it gets annoying. Um, it, it's interesting because the Apple Watch is not. It's not that the Apple Watch is so attractive, but it's. You can hide it. You can take it off. Like, could I just wear that ring at night to sleep, or do they need the data during the day to see what your like resting heart rate is when you're just like out and about and not asleep? I. I need to know the actual answer to that. I don't know. I think that I know they definitely want you to have it on during the day. I don't know if if it's actually measuring anything different than the Apple Watch is measuring. So maybe there's a mode. I don't I also don't know like it does have access to my health kit data, but I don't know if it has access to it in as much detail as it has access to its own data. So yeah. I don't know if like and I also don't know if my Apple Watch is measuring all the stuff that it's measuring. So theoretically, there could be a mode where it's pulling in my Apple Watch data while I'm awake and then using its own sensors while I'm, in, while I'm sleeping. But I don't know that it can do that. that would, frankly, that would be ideal. Like, I definitely don't mind wearing a ring when I'm sleeping, and I do mind wearing a watch when I'm sleeping. Yeah. I have also read although they've been talking about this for a long time, that Apple is building its own sleep tracking stuff into the next Apple Watch. It still is not my idea of fun to wear a watch to sleep. It's, you know, especially the Apple Watch, it's like pretty snug and and bulky. Um, I definitely don't mind wearing a ring to sleep. 
Yeah, I feel this similarly. I re- would really love to have more data on my sleep. And I there were a couple times, so there's those sleep trackers on the phone that I like kept my phone in the bed. Yeah. That just feels weird and bad. And Yeah, I don't think that um, works. Yeah, I'm very interested. And if it was, if you could just wear it at night and use the Apple Watch data to sync up with it, I'd be super in. Yeah. I just don't want to wear it during the day. Yeah, I'd rather not wear it during the day either. And so it's it's been like a week and a half so far. So I haven't really had enough data points to see for sure if my sleep is significantly affected by like, you know, having a glass of wine or an edible or staying up too late or, you know, one night Ralford woke me up in the middle of the night, those types of things. But I do want to, I'm you know, my plan is to use it every day for at least a month or so. And then obviously talk to the Aura folks Maybe uh, some folks who've, who've reviewed it in the past have also shared the data with a physician. Mm. Perhaps my cardiologist would have some insight into, uh, you know, into the data. But I don't know. We'll see. It's kind of interesting so far. And I don't know if it's one of those things where you need to have it forever to learn what behavior you shouldn't do. One thing I will not be able to see, for example, is how travel affects my sleep because... Yeah. We're not traveling anytime soon, um, but theoretically in the future, that's something you could test, and that's definitely one of the tags. You can tag whether you traveled that day. It'd be very interesting to see in the data, like your first sleep in California always oh, man, feels yeah. really bad. Is that, you know, is that in the data, or is that just waking up with a bit of jet lag or something like that? So. Yeah, and I also think the fact that you didn't have a great day last Monday, even though you slept super well, also indicates that, you know, sleep isn't, it is a lot, but it's not going to. It's not everything. Yeah, it's not everything. Yeah, it was also like, you know, gray and dingy and I'm aging, all yeah. those things. Global pandemic. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, so far, it's interesting. What's so funny over there? It's just funny because that was supposed to be the fun the fun topic. Oh, the fun topic. Hey, it's fun. I have a it new gadget. Fun. It's when's uh, the last time I had fun. a new gadget? Super fun. A long fun. time ago. Super fun. Wait for the new iPad keyboard to show up hopefully this week and then Great. you'll see me I cannot wait. with a real gadget. I just I just think it's funny because I remember I forget what that brand was called. That it was like a it, I had I mean, of course it was direct to consumer, but it was it was a wearables brand yeah. and feel like people gave her a lot of shit and in reality it was exactly what you're talking about but this is a very like masculine thing hmm. and so I, mean, I feel like the, it's being taken more seriously because of it being more more geared towards men whereas her thing was like definitely jewelry and people kind of were like, whatever, this is ridiculous. And I'm sure it did not have the same functionality because this was four or five years ago, but I just think it's interesting. It definitely is. I mean, and this is very purpose-built to solve the problem of sleeping better and building habits that contribute to better sleep and not just like 
overall fitness tracker. And that's where, you know, some people use the Apple Watch. A lot of people use the Apple Watch. Some people just use nothing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that what hers was was not even that great. It was just like if you get an email, it pings you. It was, this is, this is really? at least five years ago. It was, it was not. Yeah. And it's, it sold super well, but I just remember people kind of like laughing at it. And yeah. it's just interesting because I do think this is being taken a bit more seriously. I'm always surprised to see people who don't, who are not like total early adopters and who are not kind of idiots wearing it. Yeah. Um, well, so, I do I know, we'll think see. there is a use for it in the same way that when we first started wearing the Apple watch, I think people now are just used to them, but I did feel a little dumb or a little, not, not dumb, but a little dorky. It now was extremely I don't dorky. think about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, but yeah. You know, and one thing you said is like, Oh, just wear it as your wedding ring. Um, I thought about that. I don't, I don't want to do that. It's not my wedding ring. Also, it's, it's big and, and, you know, made out of plastic that looks like shiny metal. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. What If it were a little small, and the, actually the battery life is quite good. Like you don't, I mean, because you're supposed to wear it while you're sleeping, it's not the kind of thing you charge every night. So, uh, you know, really only have to charge it every few days, maybe like every four or five days. So... If they could make it slimmer and have a shorter battery life, I'd be up for that. Same with Apple yeah. Watch. But anyway, so we'll see. Maybe well, in a couple see. more weeks, I'll have more more information about it. Interesting. It doesn't make me sleep worse knowing that I'm being tracked. So that's yeah, good. that's cool. Yeah. So there are a couple other things, and some of these I think we can talk about in future episodes. One thing is this morning you were browsing this need supply sale, 25% off the entire site. Keeps getting pushed back. First it was like three more days, two more days, three more days on top of the two more days. Now it's, I think, May 2nd they're saying it ends. Hmm. My assumption will be that when May 2nd comes around, they'll either extend it or they'll say, it's actually 30% off now. So I wanted to to talk a bit about discounting in the current situation. Oh, yeah. Great. So, obviously, I'd say I have no idea how much actually, but, like, at least 50 to 70% of apparel sales are, have been completely wiped away, if not more. Um, I think 10% of sale luxury goods sales were made online in 2019, Maybe 20% of apparel sales. Maybe. Calm energy. Calm energy. <laughs> Ralphie. We'll just cut what is the, what is really nasty. But um, I, I don't know. Those don't, don't quote me on any of those numbers. The point being that, yes, e-commerce sales are going to increase during this period for certain retailers and Overall, this year, you'll see that I'm sure we'll see e-commerce sales, the increase in e-commerce sales go, like, just shoot up like crazy. And I do think that that will be a permanent change. Whereas, like, I think it was going to go from 10% of luxury goods were sold online in 2019 to up to 20 or 25% in 2025. I think that it'll be 
25 percent in 2020 and it won't ever go back down i think more people will spend shop more online after this because we're going to be stuck definitely in self-quarantine for at least another month or two but essentially for that until the end of the year in some capacity we're not going to go back to normal so stores aren't you're not going to be able to go into stores et cetera, et cetera. anyway the point being that yes people are shopping online but they're only shopping for like very specific things so they're buying exactly what you think they're buying they're buying like skincare and lotion and manicure kits and lipstick for the zoom calls and sweatshirts and stretchy pants and workout clothes anything like top up tops are selling i talked to someone on on friday tops are selling like crazy because everybody's like i need a new top for my work stuff and if you have a job still and you feel grateful for that, and you're not too scared, you're going to maybe buy a couple of things. But the point being that, like, most of these retailers are have so much inventory from spring, because spring didn't even start, and this happened. And, and so they haven't sold any of it, and they've all just gone, like, already. The first thing they all did when the lockdowns happened was they put everything on 20, either 20% off the entire site or 25% off the entire site. And that's like the more, I'd say, higher-end retailers. Some of them have done 15%. Some of them have done 30%. Some of them, Manzer, Gabrielle, the handbag, and, well, they sell everything now, but that line, they'll do 25% off everything pink, 25% off just this style shoe this shoes this week. And they've all had to mark stuff down because they have to get rid of stuff because it's just not... Yeah. going to move at, at the end of the season it's going to be nuts that, that seems to be the number i've seen a lot of places including like nike yeah did 25 percent off arcteryx did 25 percent off yeah Need supplies had 25 percent off for like the last month yeah or the last few weeks so that's it I, but i haven't seen them do 40 percent off not yet not yet. I haven't been paying attention to J. Crew. what are they up to well 60 percent. they have some like really wild discounts and then yeah. some stuff is not. Hmm. But I think like for a J Crew it'll be interesting to see like Gap and J Crew. I mean, they're they're screwed because most of their sales still come from physical stores. But I'm sure their online is up like crazy because they sell the kind of stuff that people actually need or think they need in this during this period, which is like brightly colored t-shirts and sweatshirts and mm-hmm. stuff. So I'd say, yes, I mean, they're, this is going to really hurt them. And a lot of those kinds of retailers aren't even going to come out of this. But if they were in too much debt previous th- this morning, Neiman Marcus filed for bankruptcy, but uh, they have just had too much debt. But the, the point being that, like, how do you discount in a smart way? you got to get rid of the inventory. Like, TJ Maxx is laying out. Uh, usually what happens in a recession is that all the retailers just offload their goods. That's why Guilt Group launched, because all these fancy brands had all this product from the recession, and they needed to get rid of it, and they wanted to do it in a classy way. And Guilt Group was this, like, special new way to get rid of your product and that's why they had amazing stuff i remember 
the fall of 2009, I bought all this Alexander Wang stuff on Guilt Group. Is that when I got my Band of Outsiders uh, boots? Uh, it might have been Sperry around Topsider that time. Collab. Yeah. Yeah. And so they had a bunch of really good stuff. But the problem is, I, I am curious to know, Guilt, Guilt and Hot Look and all those flash sale sites kind of had these meteoric rises and then these crazy crashes because there wasn't as much inventory. There wasn't good inventory. And it just... The whole thing kind of been, and now this like one company owns most of them. So I am curious to know if they kind of see a comeback. In but the but the issue right now is there's nowhere TJ Maxx and Marshalls don't ha- really have e-commerce. <laughs> they do, but it's like very crappy and not a big part of their business because that's not. They'll get like a a batch of stuff and they'll put it in one or two stores or or even a hundred chaotic stores. inventory. Yeah. And so there's just nowhere to send any of it. And the thing is, even if Guilt Group does have really nice stuff on it, again, like no one's buying bags right now. No one's buying, like there are a couple dresses that I really want. I mean, he's, he's a maniac. He's a maniac. Hey, Ralphie, look. Anyway. We're talking. There are a couple uh, dresses that I really want right now, and I'm not going to buy them until they're like 70% off. Because I'm not going to even be able to wear them, and I might not and is buy that them anyway. Happen, or will they figure out a different thing? Like, will they just burn the the? Well, so here's the thing, Chantal. Yes, yes, yeah, they can burn stuff. They just choose not to uh-huh. because it's it looks bad and it's bad for the environment. But Chantal, who I work with at Business of Fashion, has a piece coming out about this tomorrow, and that's the question I asked her. I hope she answered it in the piece. I haven't read it yet. But um, I'll read it after this. But um, yeah, a lot of those big luxury brands burn product. And some of them have taken to great lengths to stop having to do that because it's bad for the environment. But a lot of them do. And then the other thing is a lot of them, like a Gucci or what have you, they have outlet stores, but they'll hold their product for a year. So you can't get new product like you can't get mm. this season's product in the summer. You have to wait right. until next spring. But I I wonder if they'll do that this time because they're just gonna have so much stuff, hmm. and it's um. Are, are they dialing back quantities for future seasons already? Yeah, the the executives I've talked to said that they're making like their inventory orders for a for fall gap canceled a bunch of its orders. I mean, a lot of a lot of brands, it's going to be really tiny, but they're even for this next spring and next pre-spring, which is like the stuff that goes in stores in December and January, they're, they're making their orders much smaller. So yes, they'll be better. They'll be okay. I mean, the good thing about all all of this is that we have more access to data than we ever have. So they can be a little more prepared and mm-hmm. a little bit more like data on careful. What people would want and and how much of it they should buy and there's uh, also much more f- I, I don't want to say there's much more but there is a recognition that there needs to be flexibility in the supply chain so like i'm sure we've talked about this before nike used to have this partnership with flex right which was the the manufacturers who made stuff in the U.S. for Apple, right, and all the other tech companies, or 
I don't Maybe, know. I don't know. They're like make computers. I think they made uh, Will I Am's. Okay, well they headphones. made uh, sure, but they also <laughs> made a lot of stuff for tech companies, and they had a relationship with them. It didn't work out. They ended up moving that production to Mexico, but Nike has production in Mexico, so they can do stuff quickly. Mm. So, I think you're going to see a lot more turnaround. This has gone off base, but the point being, what do you, how do you feel as a consumer about discounting? Does it? I know that you t- tend to wait until stuff goes on sale, but like stuff being on sale this early. Do you feel an urge to buy stuff because you're like, oh, there was that sweater that I I like from the row that was $2,200, and I was just watching it to see, like, is it going to get to 90% off and be 400 bucks, and maybe I would splurge on that or what have you. But um, it sold out. At full price. At full price. Well, the thing is probably 15 or 20% off oh. because all the websites that... And they're not excluded from those sales? I don't think so. They might be. They are excluded from some sales. But the point being, like, people spent at least $2,000 on the sweater. It was sold out at at matches. It was sold out at Moto Operandi in most sizes. Net-A-Porte had it, but Net-A-Porte's warehouse is shut down, and they they were sold out in some sizes as well, but Hmm. not as many. It was totally sold out in... Extra small to extra large and matches. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, and I am a discount fiend, like probably from being a from Chicago, from the Midwest and also being American, half European. I don't don't think half Polish. I just love Europeans don't do that. Oh, I don't know. My whatever it was, my parents loved not paying full price. So I, I try never to pay full price. Um, so what's been interesting though, is that I just haven't bought anything like the discounts I've seen 25% off, which is actually a pretty good discount for like something from Nike or something from Arcteryx certainly, or, um, Patagonia's store was closed and they have not done any discounts, which is interesting. They shut their store down to do that. Yeah. Um, Aesop hasn't had any sales though I was able to buy some of their stuff for 20 or 30% off through Neiman Marcus, most of which was backordered, but some of it has already showed up. Um, Apple doesn't do sales. And anyway, so I, I, but I haven't bought any of this stuff. Like I didn't buy any Nike shoes. New Balance was on sale. Didn't buy any new, new Balance. Um, the only thing I bought that's not sustenance related and to to be clear like i'm buying every condiment that we can find that we would use once um, we're buying and one of one of one of our new segments should be uh quarantine finds where you know we bought a, a lifetime supply of vietnamese cinnamon i don't even want to know how much that thing cost it wasn't it oh. wasn't crazy burlap and barrel it, it's incredible so good um you know, I just bought some direct-to-consumer toilet paper, which is pretty nice. I forgot which one it was. Plant paper, maybe? Yeah. Um, I mean, we bought a lot of restaurant merch. Bought some merch, yeah. mostly as an altruistic thing, because uh-huh. not really wearing any new clothes. You know what? Can I just say, breaking news, Uh-oh. Patagonia's e-commerce is back up. Because oh, I yeah. knew they would have to. Yeah, it went up um, this week. 
Is, did someone talk about this already? Did someone write about it? Uh, I don't know. But did you see it? Yeah, it went up on Thursday, I think, or Wednesday. Oh. Um, I was the really only thing excited. I bought that was totally unnecessary was a half-price clearance Arcteryx uh, down jacket for next winter, which it was final sale, and frankly, I'm not in love with it, so I might just sell it on eBay. Um, and then, obviously, I've been buying... I bought the new iPad keyboard, which we'll review next show, and that's it. Like I haven't been sale hopping. I I tried. I looked through the need supply sale probably five times, and still haven't convinced myself that we need any of this stuff. So yeah, well, it's interesting that Patagonia decided to reopen. I I would assume that they just have, you know, they're a private company and they're very you know, smart with their, the way that they spend their money and all of that. But I'm guessing they had to do it. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, they, I think they write that like it, it's now safe or something. They figured out how to do it safely, but mm-hmm. perhaps they, uh, they too needed to get rid of this year's stuff. I mean, you could still buy it at all of their third party outlets and I don't know what their third party versus direct sales mix is. It's probably very heavily. It's very heavily party. direct. Oh, really? No. Yeah. no. Cool. They don't sell to that many third. Those, those Uncle Dan's, those multi-brand outdoor lifestyle retailers are increasingly. Yeah, they're pretty. You know, right. Like they, they don't are, sell to like, like Dick's wants to sell. or REI, do yeah, they? Yeah. They're really? an REI. I don't know if they're in Dick's Sporting, but they're an REI in there. Yeah, but they, only it s- might be I mean, 50, they even 50. sell on eBags.com, but only certain. That's products. interesting. I didn't realize that. I thought yeah. it was much more direct. No, I, I, and I could see them actually pairing back at some point, but yeah, I'd be curious to know. Um, yeah, I haven't really bought much. Yeah, it's interesting that. Um, I mean, there just really isn't a reason to. It's also a little scary, to be honest. In what sense? The buying? you know the people. No one's buying anything. Yeah. I mean, what do I, what do I need? Like, I have all the t-shirts I could ever want. Yeah. I have comfortable pants. I did buy a pair of uncomfortable jeans, but those were a couple months ago. And the, and the question is, after this, do we go back to buying stuff we don't need because it's just the culture, or do we just? It, does this last long enough that it it makes us more careful in the same way you know the Great Depression made? our grandparents more careful, you know? Interesting. I mean, for us specific, I I think it will heavily depend on people's individual financial situations, including, you know, where they laid off is how much of a stimulus actually shows up, et cetera. For us, the two big wild cards, you know, where I, I don't have this credit card annual statements in front of me, but I would guess that we spent probably... 30 to 60% of our disposable income last year on restaurants, travel, and Ubers. So none of which we're doing right now. So so that means that we may invest in a nicer shelf than we previously would have. You bought a (laughs) 
treadmill for one hundred and fifty dollars. One hundred fifty dollars. Uh, we have not, but we haven't splurged on a, on a Peloton or anything like that. We've been actually very good. I'm very proud of well, us. Well, I don't think that seems like a smart purchase. We'll see if we'll see what happens if in two weeks we're using a new mixing board and new, and we buy uh, the same mics that um, your friend uses for fresh air. It's not happening. Okay. Uh, one more question because we really got to go. Oh, yeah, we have to go pick up our giant jug of olive Okay, I did splurge on two giant jugs we of olive oil. We bought a lot of shit. We Food, bought... Kitchen stuff. In, in terms of dollar value, yeah. it's not that much. No. Like, it feels good that we're saving money, and especially because you never know what's going to happen. We are both yeah. very lucky right now to be employed and, and working and feeling good, but, like... The world is crazy, and we can save more money, and that feels really good. But we have bought a decent amount of stuff. It was your birthday. It's our anniversary this week. Yeah. So, you Nine know. years. Can you believe it? I can. <laughs> Zing. I can't wait. I was just looking at um, vintage rings for number 10. Oh, Because cool. remember, you have to get me a really nice vintage ring. Oh, sorry. I got you an aura ring. For 10. <laughs> For nine, I don't. I great. I'm really excited. I already bought you your anniversary present. Oh yeah, you you split the cost of a pair of earrings with me. Those, those were nice earrings. They're beautiful. I'm wearing them right now. Anyway, oh, yeah. um, I want to hear from you. So we've been talking a lot about uh, people are like, oh, so much good art is going to come out of this mm. or what have you. Mm-hmm. But I would like to talk practically about aesthetics and design and you did a really interesting Q&A with these guys who run this this creative agency called Mythology. Mm-hmm. It used to be Partners in Spade. Yeah. Andy Spade's no longer a partner, so it's the other guys, right? Mm-hmm. And talking about designing in a crisis and I'm curious to know, I know you asked them about this and they couldn't they didn't really s- articulate mm-hmm. it perhaps because they don't they don't know, but what do you think design-wise is going to come out of this? Do you think it's going to be, you know, we've been in this mid-century pushing into the 1970s for the last couple of years. Like, it's very heavily 70s right now in terms of graphics and things like that, and also 80s, all just, like, essentially normcore from any, any... Yeah. Normcore from any decade has been, like, the thing. And it's, you know something that appeals to both of us. What do you think is going to happen? Like, is there going to be a big shift in aesthetic out of this? And where do you think it could go? And that was why I was super eager to hear what they said. Yeah. What, what did they say? So yeah, in the new consumer this week, I interviewed uh, Anthony Sperduti and Fernando music. They're partners at mythology, which used to be called partners in spade. Uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. It's a pretty good chat, and you should check it out at newconsumer.com. Join, sign up for the newsletter, become a member, and then you can read it. Um, basically, they didn't really have an answer about how things will visually change. What they, what they said is that it's more than that. It's actually that brands are going to become even more um, soulful, and they kept saying that word soul, like brands are, and particularly with the lack of leadership from governments, 
especially yeah. in the U.S. here, you know, they see brands as kind of taking on more of that cultural leadership um, and that brands will have more personality, they'll have more soul, and they'll have more of a conscience. You know, and some of that is like, you know, you roll your eyes at corporate social responsibility and all this sort of stuff. And some of it is like Apple and Google and other big companies literally saving the ass of, of you know, our country right now procuring masks and face guards and, you know, and Tesla making ventilators and all this kind of stuff. So it's interesting. I, I, I probably should have pushed them harder on like, okay, but does, you know, is everything going to be in black and white now? Is it going to be in neon? Is it going to be psychedelic? Maybe the answer is like, no. Well, they don't don't, also don't know know. until they start to actually create stuff. and, And they've only been operating in this mode for a month. So probably most of that stuff was probably planned in ahead. It's not like all of a sudden the designers all showed up and everything's in cursive handwriting or something like that. Yeah. Um, I keep bringing this up because it's interesting. Like it's as if we got hit by a hurricane, but all the buildings are still there. So it's not like there's been a physical destruction of our, of our lives. There's just been a drastic shift to the way of life. And then obviously a lot of people are sick or unfortunately even dying. So, Yeah, I don't I don't I don't have conviction that like we're going to go. I don't know if it bounces in a different direction because of this or if there was something that was already happening. Yeah. Um, Accelerating the inevitable. Like, I feel like the. The. So one thing that's really been kind of visceral is, you know, we're all in this same shitty situation where like. We're all sitting on top of each other all day. Can't go anywhere. People have really embraced their inner mess. Um, that was already starting to happen. You know, the, the whole Instagram stories, like, you know, just live your, your messy life and not be picture perfect. I don't know if that amplifies somehow and there's more, you know, like everyone's just like, fuck it. You know, my hair is a mess. I've, I've been wearing backwards hats on conference calls with VCs. Like, I don't care. Um, yeah, it's all I that messy sh- marketing stuff. I did have to shave my about. neck beard the other day. I was, I was so embarrassed by how hairy my neck was. So I did shave it in between calls. Uh, no comment. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, tonight the Michael Jordan documentary launches on ESPN. Are we going to have a, a late 90s revival? I didn't re- really like the aesthetic of the late 90s. Well, that's already happening. It's already kind of happening. Teal, neon, neon peach. Yeah, I, um, I think one thing that I've been thinking about a lot is there would have been so many stories about the millennial aesthetic for like the last five years. And I think there was one in the cut recently about like how how did we all end up with the same couch or whatever like every single person has a gray l-shaped couch i don't know Uh if that's the couch no but we have one we have a good one but here's the thing i was looking at i was doing a yoga class a sky team yoga live stream with Uh kate posh who's one of their instructors she's super great and i think she's in her parents house and they have all these like i don't know if this is 
a not PC way to say it now, but like oriental rugs. I don't know. I think I mean, you can still say still that. Technically, they're still called that, but it anyway. is a shitty term. And, and kind of, it was in a basement, and it just looked like your parents' basement. And I just thought about, everybody needs to just step back and remember that every single generation is like this. It is not because we have Instagram. It is not because, like, we all are enmeshed and there's uh, homogenization. I don't believe any of that. It is because people have an urge to belong and to be like other people and have the best thing. And I remember growing up, I grew up in the suburbs in Pittsburgh and everybody was obsessed with like pink and blue. And it was just all this like nasty shit. And I'm sure it came from Laura Ashley from the eighties with like wealthier households. Like every person had like disgusting stuff and it was all the same, but it's the same thing. Like it's just, Every, everybody thinks that we uh, the design and aesthetic is way more homogenized now than it was 20 years ago or 40 years ago. I just don't believe that. I just think it, it is, you know, yeah. a, a fluidity and that w- the way we get that information has changed. Instead of going to someone's house or going to a department store and seeing a setup of a bed and being like, this is how I'm supposed to have my bed look. You go on Instagram and you see this is how I'm supposed to have my bed look. Right. I think, and, and, you know, every person also thinks that they're, they are going to escape that. Like we buy a ton of mid-century stuff because I've liked it since I was 15 and figure if it looked good at the Eames house in 1965, it's going to look good at our house in 2025 or what have you. But like we're victims as, as well. And I think it's just something that people kind of talk about the millennial aesthetic with disdain when they're just not super self-aware of the fact that like this is just human behavior. I mean, that was deep shit. I know. I wish Um, that I could write that down. You should. Uh, I don't think that we're going to... I mean, to me, the big question is what happens with masks because there's not... Like, that's the main thing that's being added to our lives now. We're not getting flying cars. We're not getting some George Jetson shit. There's no reason to throw out your, your stove and buy a wood-burning fireplace. Like, we have electricity. There's no gadget that everyone's going to get because of this until Apple's and the headphones come out later this year. But everyone's going to be wearing masks. So, like, is that the thing? Like, is well, there is there... Do scrubs come back? Do we all start dressing like Dr. Benton in ER? Or... Or are we, are we going to be wearing medical masks or New Balance masks or masks with your face printed on them? Or I saw a mask the other day with a slogan on it that was like, stay six feet away from me or something like that. I just would have punched you in the face if you were wearing that mask. But Yeah, I think... And that, we, by the way, we have to go. Yeah, it's a topic for another conversation. But I do think, A, there have been some incredibly chic dressing gowns made for medical authorities by the likes of Xenia and a couple other nice. places. So I do think you're you're onto something there. The mask thing was already happening in fashion and is already a big thing in Asia. Yeah. The margins, it to me it's like an iPhone cover. Like masks are equivalent to an iPhone cover. Like mm. you're not going to make and it, the question is can you sell like a hundred dollar mask that's made of like beautiful Hermes silk or something. I don't know. Let's talk about it next. Next cliffhanger. Time.
All right. Thanks for listening. I have to go pick up a giant jug of oil, olive oil, uh, not motor oil. This song, our theme music is by Alan Lawrence. Thank you, Alan. This has been The Needle and the Mouse. To contact us, tweet us at Needle and Mouse or email us at hello at theneedleandthemouse.com. Subscribe, review, do all those things. And lastly, check out newconsumer.com. That's my publication. Fall in love with it. I'll appreciate it. See you next time. Bye. Bye.